0: Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's
1: go. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Power Women in Insurance podcast. Today, we're talking to a friend of mine that I have met throughout the industry. She's everywhere, and I love the fact that she has such a great presence. She has such a great presence uh, personally. She stands up for what she believes in. She has a great voice in the community, and she's fighting for our community, for people all over the insurance industry. So today, we're over here talking to
0: Lisa Stamp, and she is with Insure Equality. So Lisa, welcome. so excited to have you. Thank you. It's so great to be back. Thanks for making the space. Oh, you know, and we have had such great conversations and talking to
1: you because you've been in the insurance industry and you have seen so many different aspects of the insurance industry. And then coming at it from a different perspective to be able to now be a public Figure, if you will, being out there and about talking to people about making the insurance workplace much more equal, much more open, much more um, communicative about the issues that we face, that our people face, that our, that our businesses face, that our future bank faces, and the the and we were just talking about this literally just a second ago, kind of the incoming generation into you are really paving new paths for the insurance industry. So I am super pumped to have you today. I just, I'm just, we've already had like a little pre-conversation. I was like, oh my gosh,
0: stop. We have to go record (laughs) because it was so good. I know we could have talked for ages. I feel like we talked for 20 minutes and that could have been its own podcast. And we're going to try to bring some of that back into it. I want to be clear. We are doing some amazing things and the people with us are incredible, but I am certainly not the first. So many people have come before me to make it easier for us to be here. And I don't discount the privilege I have Mm. in that and the privilege of how I look. And I know that that's part of the reason that this is starting to take hold. So thank you for the space and thank you for the kind words. It's incredible to be here and it's incredible to see how the journey has progressed, because as you said, we've got this whole new generation that's really excited about values About Mm -hmm. diversity, about what we're going to do with the rest of the world. Because we have these new generations, myself included in the millennials and then Gen Z, who kind of started to see things not go exactly the way we thought they would. You know, Mm -hmm. plans didn't happen exactly the way that we anticipated. When I graduated, it was 2008, the market crashed. I had just gone through college, I had done all of my work and taken the student loans, and then oh no, am I going to get a job? And the same is happening to Gen Z as we've just exited like this really strange part of society. And we're now still trying to figure out what we're going to do. And we might be going into recession. They're thinking to themselves, what's out there for me? And so we need to be able to talk about insurance, not just as it applies to us in the industry, but how it faces outward, how we interact with Uh, Our constituents, any of our stakeholders, whether it's uh, people we insure, whether it's people in our communities, because we know that regardless of whether or not you're thinking about insurance, it is it infiltrates every sector of society and every sector of your community. It's also the employees. Um, So there's so many aspects to this that are so incredibly important. And for an industry that you and I both love and care about, we really want to see how we can take it to the next level. And something that you and I discussed before we started recording, (laughs) so I'll bring it (laughs) back here, is that we as the United States and the United States insurance industry are leading the globe in mergers and acquisitions right now, which means there's a massive shift in culture, there's a massive shift in how we're doing business, we're looking at smaller agencies and, and seeing them sell and go to larger brokerage firms. We're seeing some maybe new disruption that's coming with InsurTech. And so it's a very interesting place that we're in right now. And that's all coupled with the fact that we're a centuries old industry that has kind of done a lot of the same things over and over again. So we have to start having these conversations, not just because we need to talk about it. And people aren't necessarily talking about it publicly. But we also need to talk about it because that allows us to see clearly what we need to change. And as we start to talk about values, that's where I think we need to focus on in the insurance industry. And that's why we developed Phoenix. And I know that that's something that you and I kind of touched on the last time I was here, right. just a little bit. Well, you were, you were, you were still, like still kind of in that role. rollout
1: phase. It wasn't out yet. Yeah. So we kind of touched on mm-hmm. it a little bit. But we even said then, when it's out, let's do this again. Because I, w- I really want you to talk about Phoenix and the role that it's playing now. You are specifically with Ensure Equality, and Ensure Equality has developed this product Phoenix Phoenix rising technically is a URL, correct Yeah so tell me what Phoenix is and how it relates to your mission with your organization or with the organization that you're working with ensure equality. Tell me how those how Phoenix is is playing into that conversation.
0: Totally. And just to remind people, in case you don't know, or you're seeing me for the very first time, our mission is to lift up the voices in our industry that are typically excluded or minimized. Um, It was something that was near and dear to all of us because as individuals, as seemingly small individuals in our own little spaces, we either felt like the lonelies or the onlys or incapable of making a change just from where Mm -hmm. we sat. Um, Even though we all desperately wanted to, we just didn't know how to do it. And so when we first started to develop Insure Quality as an organization, Phoenix was on our minds the entire time. We knew that we were going to have something, but it took a while to build because we built this from scratch. So the way that Phoenix interacts with Insure Quality and interacts with that mission is to allow anybody in the insurance industry that has been, that's currently in, that's going into it, that's still dipping their toe to make their voice heard and how the culture feels to them. So what we've done instead of creating a very similar mechanism like you would see on a larger website, I won't name drop, you can probably think of it just off of the top of your head, is it's not about star ratings or whether or not you liked it. It has a lot more to do with just filling out questions about how it feels, because Uh, we have quantitative data. And you and I can talk about that because there was a congressional hearing about insurance industry and the diversity and inclusion piece of it. So we can mention that as well. But it's more about the feeling of it, because we can look at data all day long as it pertains to objectivity. But I think we're losing a lot of people based on how it feels. And a lot of that has Uh to do with values. Again, I think last time I was on, we had the conversation about seventy percent of millennials and Gen Z buy with their values and they work for companies that display those same values. So we said, how can we and they make big changes in their life
1: based on those values? Like they They might work for less money so that they can have their values, um, you know, in in place. A company that gives back to the community, a company that lets you work from home, a company that lets you maybe be more flex time, those types of things. But also it's the culture of a business that's super important, which embraces people, equality, conversation. Sometimes it's just the fact that they want to be a part of that conversation, not that there's something right or wrong maybe going on in their community, but they wanna be a part of that conversation to make yes. their workplace a better place. So that's really what I see that the younger Gen Z uh, is really is really focusing on it now. Is they really want, it's not just about the fact that there are, are not challenges for certain things, but they also wanna be a forward moving uh,
0: difference maker in their community. Yes. It's about impact. It's not Uh, just about saying that we're going to do the thing. It's about actually doing the thing. And how can I show up to do that thing as well? Um, And I would I would also say that as consumers, they're that way as well. And I include myself in that. I was having conversations just this past month with another woman that was like, I've moved my insurance because they didn't have women in leadership or they didn't have diversity in their leadership team, whether it was a black person, person, a woman, somebody with a disability, uh, because it matters and how we show up matters. Having an all white panel is not the way to go. Having an all male panel is not the way to go. We have to be including these different voices in these spaces. So when we took a look at values, we were like, what would make sense in terms of being an employee in the industry, how would that be distilled? So we came up with seven components of culture, and that's how we're measuring how it feels to be in a workplace. So accountability, communication, integrity, inclusion, recognition, support, and transparency. Those are the components of culture that as you take that survey, it calculates how you kind of fall on that spectrum. Where are you showing up very well? And where do you have a soft spot? I want to be clear that this is not meant to be punitive. The goal is to kind of take a temperature check of a moment in time on how that culture feels. This is a huge topic of conversation in the workplace, whether you're looking at it from a DEI and B standpoint, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, or an ESG standpoint, environmental, social and governance. All of that intersects to say, we know that there's something that's a little missing, a little off, and we're not having that conversation. So, As an employee, this is crucial because if you're looking for your next move, whether in the insurance industry or like you're coming to the industry brand new, we want you to be able to say, which one of these matters most to you?
1: Is it inclusion?
0: Is it communication? Is it accountability? And then you can kind of look and filter through these companies and go, oh, this one ranks high on the two or the three that matter most to me this is where i'm going to make my home because that's the thing my values are not the same as your values right even though yep. we could have very similar personalities backgrounds views on the world and that's great that's wonderful if every company had the same values it would be really difficult for anybody to just walk in and work for them so it's okay that we're different that's what we're celebrating What we're also doing is providing a tool for carriers, agencies, brokerage firms, InsureTech to kind of do that temperature check without really needing to spend the money to do it. Do you have employees? Do you really want to know what's going on? Send them to phoenixrise.org. It's anonymous. We protect your employees' data. It's a third-party measure, which means that your employees are going to feel better about it. There was a survey I saw recently that said, 85% of employees would rather be surveyed by a third party than just the organization.
1: People are more honest. And I think you're going to get, you're going to get much better responses by a third party. And I mean, we know that when we, you know, we know that whenever, you know, people do like, you know, employment surveys or, you know, whatever, just in general, not, not necessarily that are about diversity or things that may or may not be going right or wrong. I mean, sometimes it could even be, you know, that, um, I don't know what type of, you know, I don't know, whatever you like or whatever. I mean, people are right. always, we're very social creatures. We're super social. We're super concerned about what other people think. We shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't, but you know, it is real. And with that, you know, to be able to do something that my boss may look at, or somebody may be able to say, oh, this is a term that Teresa uses all the time. So so Teresa. And there, there are little ways that sometimes we can, we can tell if something's handwriting, whatever That people like, they don't They don't give a true and honest opinion in those types of situations. So a third party, huge. And I love the fact that you guys are giving that information back to the companies. So then they can also use that for growth in their community and their culture.
0: Right. Anybody can go onto the site and take a look at how that's scoring right now. And then future state, we're going to be able to, once we have more data analytics, more surveys built up, be able to show that back to companies when they work with us. I think it's really important that we that we highlight the fact that people want more and it's not necessarily more money and it's not necessarily more time off. We need to know that the company that we work for cares about us and cares Mm -hmm. about the community that we're living in because we're seeing the shift. And even if we weren't, people matter. And that's the baseline. One of the reasons we developed it the way that we did is because we've all been employees somewhere and we've all had those surveys that come through from HR. And I feel the same way you did. I was filling out that survey and I was like, you know, is this going to go on my review? Who's, is my boss going to look at this? Is so and so going to look at this? Can I actually be honest or do I have to stay positive? And that's not good for either party. It's not good for the employees. They don't feel like they can be honest and it's not good for the employer because they're not actually getting actionable data. They're getting what they feel their employees think they should get. Yep. And if you don't feel safe there, or if you don't feel heard or you don't feel like you belong, by the way, those are questions on the survey. um, Then how are you actually going to make the change that you think you need to? Um, And your retention is going to suffer your, your recruitment's going to suffer all of these pieces that are crucial right now to an industry. That's really seeing a lot of hemorrhaging in the employee space. Yep.
1: And I know that even like agency owners, cause that's a little bit more my space. Sometimes we'll sit around and we'll talk about things and somebody's like, you know, I didn't realize this person in my organization was as toxic as they were, but until this other person left and then like three months later, I called them and checked up on them. They're like, Oh, well, such and such in the office was always like doing toxic things. Sometimes even in a space you don't always see and hear all the things that are going on because the fact that we're so focused getting our work done we don't see and hear kind of the water cooler conversation right that somebody might offend somebody else and then they go oh so it might not even be coming from leadership it might even be just toxic people in the environment that are allowed to be toxic that need to be brought to the to the attention of an organization especially Maybe even larger organizations that they they obviously have more corners in their business that maybe people are yip yapping or judging or those and maybe there needs to be more redirect of the team members to make sure that they are including people of various backgrounds, various genders, various you know orientations, all these other things that we want to make sure that we do include. Um, And I love the fact that you guys are putting a voice to this conversation. And I know you mentioned um, earlier while we were talking that, you know, and and, just the acquisitions that the industry is going through, the changes, the insure tech, the the corporations, the technology, all of these things are kind of coming together. And the insurance industry is not going to look the same in five to eight years because it doesn't look the same as it did five to eight years ago now. And it's definitely not going to look the same moving forward. And I love that you guys are creating a tool to be a part of that and to give light to the people side of that conversation.
0: Thank you. I think part of it, and we may have talked about this the last time I was on, part of it is that we've kind of hidden these conversations. And it, mm-hmm. a lot of it has to do with like psychological safety or the fact that so many confidentiality agreements have been signed. Yep. I think that's that's something that I've mentioned before that I feel very passionately about because I myself have signed several. Um, and I think it's uh, the other side of it is leadership. And it's not to say that we don't want a specific type of person in leadership. It's to say that we do not have the diversity of perspective that we need At that helm. And that's that congressional hearing that we talked about that just came out, I think came out in September, but I've started to see it pop up all over LinkedIn. They sat with companies in the insurance industry that have taken in 7 billion or more in premiums. And the results were, as they put it, disappointing. And Mm -hmm. I would, I would use other words that probably are a little (laughs) stronger. Right? (laughs) Right. Right, but disappointing is a place to start.
1: Disappointing, I was like, they certainly could have come up with a little bit better word than that. But I agree with you. I think it was a a light word, but it it definitely has it definitely has momentum to it. Like you know that yes. there's definitely a lot of changes that need to be made.
0: Yes, uh, they measured it for women, for for gender, for the LGBTQ plus community, for the black community the asian community the hispanic com- and latino community they measured it on all of these metrics and even disability and in every single one of those areas we fell short uh, of matching leadership with the population of insurance that's what i want to mm. like draw attention so to so it's not
1: reflective of who the clients are and who the 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 market is
0: correct. that they're serving correct Interesting. So if you have a specific type of perspective making decisions for a population that looks very different, you're not going to get this robust uh, product that serves the needs of all of those people. You're going to get a product that serves the needs of the corporation because we've been serving a shareholder when we need to be more focused on the stakeholder. And I'll give you an example of of the stats I've written down for women. So women comprise approximately 55% of the insurance industry. So a little more than half. And we know that. Unfortunately, you see a dynamic shift in how women show up percentage-wise when you take a look at it across the board. So we show up really hard and heavy in the admin section. Women comprise about 77% of all admin workers within the insurance industry. Massive. And then as you make your way to leadership, it's 33%. And that's ignoring intersection. That's ignoring if it's a black woman, if it's a disabled woman, if it's an Asian woman, and if it's a Latina. Um, and then it's even worse as you look at all of those populations and disability as well. So it's not saying like I want to reiterate, it's not saying that it's bad to be a white man in insurance and leadership. No, that's not what we're saying at all. What we're saying is our population within the insurance industry, does not mirror or reflect leadership. And that's Mm -hmm. what we're saying should change. Um, And I think a lot of it has to do with fear, right? We're afraid to have these conversations. We're afraid to say that we've made a mistake. I mean, my goodness, we're the industry that talks about liability and fault. Um, So admitting that we've made a mistake feels really kind of jarring when we've been raised in, oh, don't say that, don't say that, because then it's gonna cost you money. But I have to say it's going to cost us far more money and it's going to be far worse outcomes for every one of these populations if we just continue to do what we've been doing for centuries. Mm -hmm. Hello,
2: loyal listeners.
0: Hey, are you a local agent
2: struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs.
1: I, I'm, I have something in my brain and I saw this on Facebook. So you're, you're having this wonderful, heady conversation. And I'm going to talk about a meme on Facebook.
0: Let's so, do it. <laughs> I love know. memes.
1: Here I am. So anyway, and but it was, it, and I hate to use a meme because memes are usually funny, right? But this one was, um, you know, if you if you see your child staring at someone maybe who's different from them, maybe somebody who's disabled or somebody whose skin is a different color or somebody who is just different from them, instead of saying, honey, don't stare, why? because that's what our normal reaction is, like, don't, sh- sh- don't, don't stare, don't stare, right? Um, we should be able to say, hey, would you like to go ask that kid to play? Hey, do you want to go talk to that person? So we need to teach our children. We need to teach people. And we need to take that into our corporations and into our communities of teaching people that it's okay to celebrate differences. It's okay to look somebody in and view them as that whole perfect and complete individual that they are, and love them in the space that you're in, and find ways to celebrate them professionally, personally, and through all the avenues that they are. I know that my daughter is dyslexic, and um, I love the fact that she she went to a uh, she went to a school for dyslexic children, and so when we were there, they said we don't call dyslexia a disability. We call it a difference. They just learn differently. And um, and it's not that they learn differently from you know, the other person to the left or the right. They learn they or to, to, to compare to maybe a different set of society. They learn differently than maybe the person next to them. Maybe they're more auditorial. Maybe they're more physical. Maybe they're more. So, you know, Joey next to you could just, you just learn differently than somebody else does. And I think that's really, really important for us to even take into our community for our businesses is to have those conversations. You know, let people who have maybe different cultures bring in their food and be able to teach us about different, I don't know, seasonings, spices, you know, noodles, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, tons of different things. Have them talk about their families, you know, give them space to be asked questions and to ask questions and to be able to celebrate you know, everything that they bring to the table, maybe a different philosophy on something, you know, because it goes way beyond male or female. And it goes way beyond, um, I think almost even lower of our skin to a large degree. It also comes down to getting to know people, not just occupying a space of someone. Because when we can get to know them and celebrate them, and love them in all of their glory, that we can learn and be a better culture in our businesses and in our environment for even our clients. Because, oh, you know, I can reference that whatever type of party. Like, I, I made a comment on Facebook the other day, and I, I think that, you know, about the Christmas lights that are going up, right? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and somebody was like, maybe it's because they are Indian and they celebrate the Festival of Lights. And so I thought, oh. I had no idea what that is. I don't even, I don't even know what that is. So I went and I Googled it, but somebody brought it to my attention that it's just something that has to do with lights going on in some cultures right now. And I thought, Oh, that's something I need to know. So I love the fact of celebrating those because it brings different awareness and lets us have those hard conversations that maybe might seem a little awkward at first, but when you get in there, they're really not. They're just people talking about their mm. lives and culture and, all those things that it makes us want to be a part of that community.
0: Right. And it wants, uh, it, it helps us want to welcome others in, um, mm. that festival of lights is Diwali. So if you are interested in learning more of that, check out Diwali, I, there's so much there and I'm probably going to miss something. Um, the first that I want to say is, Yes, we need to be able to welcome people in and the onus shouldn't have to be on somebody that's different to explain themselves. Um, We can do a little bit of that work ourselves. Uh, I know as somebody that has white skin, I need to do more work instead of just asking. Like I can Google something, I can read a book, I can look it up. And then it doesn't become a conversation just about race with somebody that doesn't look like me. Then I can just see them as a person because that's what they truly are going to work doing their job. Um, so the onus really needs to be on you. If you don't know something about something, do what Teresa did and Google it. Check it out for yourself instead of putting that, that burden of education on somebody else. We are a highly individualistic society here in America, and yet somehow we haven't learned to celebrate that little bit of difference, right? Yep. Somehow, even despite that, we've said we're all individuals and we're all kind of doing this alone. And we're kind of like elbowing each other out on the way instead of recognizing that you can have me on the podcast more than once and we can we can do a double duty here. I can help you out by sharing you with my network and you can help me out by sharing me with your network. And that's the community piece that yeah. we really need to be focusing on in this industry. I know when I first came in, I felt like, okay, this is all very driven. I came in on the carrier side. um, And so everything was kind of a race to the top. And you just had to kind of prove yourself over somebody else. But here's the thing. There's room for all of us. This is a huge industry. It's huge. One of the few things that I've heard agents say, and I know you've said this before too, and I love it, is there's plenty of business for all of us. You don't have to be elbowing people to get business. You can let it walk in the door and then the agency down the street can have their fair share too. And that's fine. You don't need to write all of it. And the same can be true of leadership or representation, even in the admin space. I think we're missing some phenomenal men in the admin space because we predominantly have women. We have to be able to look at it from the other side of it too. Yeah, completely, completely. Yeah. Um, So I think when we talk about that congressional hearing and we talk about leadership and we talk about all the things that you and I have mentioned, it starts with listening. We don't know everything. I don't know. I make mistakes all the time and I'm doing better about admitting them. I'm not great at it yet. Every once in a while, I still have that hitch where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can say it. That feels really painful. Um, But we have to get better at recognizing what those are, speaking them out loud. So that other people can see it and go, oh, you know what? I've done that too. Maybe I can learn from this. Maybe yeah. I can take it and and move on. None of us are perfect. And I know that goes without saying, but sometimes we do have to say it as a reminder. And sometimes we have to like love ourselves through the mushy stuff. And that means loving our fellow man that sits on the other side of the desk, um, that picks up the phone and is just doing their job. Absolutely. So, yeah. And I think,
1: I think too, part of it is just the self-awareness that whenever we realize, and, I, and I'm going to take it down to a very, very, very minuscule starting point, okay? Because I think sometimes people think that to be able to incite change around us, we have to do something big and grandiose, right? But we don't. Oh, yeah. I think sometimes mm-hmm. it's just noticing in ourselves maybe a thought or a, a feeling of uncomfortability or And sometimes just saying, I'm going to step over that feeling and I'm going to engage that person. I'm going to talk to somebody. Maybe it's that I'm going to, I don't know, do something that uh, I don't I don't know what it could be. I don't don't know. You know, (laughs) but you know, the difference is that if we can just step over our feelings of uncomfortability, all of a sudden those things don't seem as hard anymore because they aren't hard. We are just people doing what we do, doing our very best every single day. And even when maybe we make a mistake, even when maybe we do not bring our best that day due to whatever reason, if we can just step over maybe our feelings about just be personally being vulnerable. Oh, I'm having a really hard day today, rather than
0: you yes. know, sticking sticking
1: a you know a, a flag in the ground and going, no, I'm fine. No, we're not <laughs> fine. Sometimes no. we're not okay. But no. being vulnerable, being real, is the first step to allowing other people to be real. But sometimes it means that whenever we get that uh, that gut instinct that maybe something is scary, it's moving forward so that we can show that vulnerability so that when somebody else is having a bad day, you know, maybe we can just give them the grace to be themselves, or maybe if they feel uncomfortable in a certain situation, we can have the grace to help them not feel as uncomfortable in that situation. Mm. I mean, I know even just things like people who go through divorces, they don't want people at work to know, right. They don't want people, but maybe they're doing their own struggle emotionally, physically, financially, Their kids are going through crap, right? If we can just open up the conversation of love and honor to the people around us, including our own clients, I think, and I don't go in a ton of different directions, but I think it just applies in so many different directions. I know whenever a client will call me and they're already like ramped up, right? I'm just like, I automatically go low and I'm just like, okay, sure, absolutely, absolutely we'll do that. I'm not going to try to engage. Cause if I try to say, calm down, you're okay to go, blah, 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 blah. you know, you don't know what they're going through, what they've, you know, mm. And sometimes people will say, well, you know, I'm sorry. I don't mean to take it out on you. I've just had a really bad day today. And then sometimes they feel free because you gave them that space that then they share and they can get the connection with another human being that can help them to turn around their day. But if we come at them, Oh, dear, dear, you can't do this, you know, whatever it shuts people down. Right. Yeah. So if we can model authenticity on our own and then also give grace on our own, because we desire that from other people, I think that awareness to me is the first step of being one community It's just being aware stepping over our feelings, and just being that person who you would want me to be if, I mean, I need to be the person I would want to have in a situation where maybe I'm hurting in that moment.
0: Right, and we also have to recognize that what we would want in that moment may not be the same as what that other person Completely. wants. Completely. And that's okay, and that's not, a, that's not a judgment on you either. That's a judgment of what that person is going through, like you have clearly pointed out so beautifully. Um, I want to, man, you you put so many wonderful things in there and I can go a thousand directions. With sorry, I know. I want um, 100 directions. I know. So I sorry. love it. Well, no, it's, don't apologize. It's wonderful because there's so much, so much of the trust that we need to build back with each other as human beings, not just. It's so you know, foundational. It doesn't have to be this big corporate meeting of inclusion, right? It's people no. treating people with love and honor. And building that trust is the scariest thing you can Mm -hmm. do because it requires you to be vulnerable. It requires you to be real. And if you've worked so hard and so long to build the shell that you wear, to take that down and be real with somebody like we're doing right now is difficult because that opens you up to rejection. That Mm -hmm. opens you up to somebody saying there's something wrong with you. Uh, But I will tell you, the more that you are real with yourself and others, the more that people that are like you that can mirror that back to you will show up for you. That, yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons that we were able to find each other. And I'm going to go one more direction to, to kind of put a cap on something that you said. Um, the other thing we launched, I think, since you and I spoke was our online community where people can come and talk about issues and, and things that matter to them and not all of them have to do with insurance by the way and not everybody that's in our community is an insurance person although i'd say that's like 90 percent of us um but the number one topic by and far that is discussed in that community is mental health Mm. we are all struggling Um, whether or not you lost your job or had something terrible happen during 2020 to now even just going through this period of uncertainty, wearing a mask, not being sure where you could go. And the rules were constantly changing and in flux. It, there was a level of anxiety that we all experienced. And how people treat each other within
1: all that too. So I think that, it really yep. stirred up a lot of fear of people treating each other, especially like all this stuff with vaccines and all the conversations of wearing a mask. And there was a lot of just chaos in the in the environment overall, and people who you thought you were really cool with all of a sudden were in a totally different space. And I think it really, you know, changed a lot of people and almost made us a little bit more fearful. Um, Big time. Not, not even just on a diversity level, just on a little diversity in thoughts, right? Just people who don't always think the way you think. Some people just got out there and went, rare, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that person had yeah. it in them.
0: So much of it was based on fear and so Mm -hmm. much of it had to do with that. And you can't expect someone to just tell you what's going on if they don't feel psychologically safe to do so. True. So, so much, we have to be able to lay the groundwork for psychological safety, for mental health, for, for vulnerability, for trust, for making mistakes before we can start to say, oh, let's just bring in representation. Let's just go out and get it. No we have to prepare ourselves and make the time and the space for ourselves in order to make the time and the space for somebody else. Yes. Um, because if, if you haven't done that work, if you haven't, it's okay. I know it's daunting. It's incredibly daunting to realize that, you know, very little about so much, but it's also a beautiful place. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever experienced growing pains growing up. Did you? Yeah, like in absolutely. Your, like, oh. like in your knees or like in your oh. bones. I mean like your hips. That was my like, legs, especially. Like, oh. but for yeah. me, I remember I think I was like 10 or 11. And now, I was just full like disclosure, crying. I am only
1: five foot three, so I probably did okay. not have the same growth pain as other people.
0: Probably not. Because
1: <laughs> I stopped growing <laughs> at a much younger age than other people.
0: <laughs> so I, I think I was like 13 <coughs> and I'm laying in bed and it's just aching and it yeah. hurts so bad. And it like It kind of takes you over in a way. And that's how it can feel when you're learning and growing about something new. But just remember, when you're experiencing that pain, that means you're on to something. That means you're learning. That means you're growing. That means you're changing in a way that can move you forward. And that's what we're experiencing right now in insurance. It Mm. is kind of painful. You know, like it hurts to know, oh, man, we've messed up a lot. Um, We've all messed up. And that's okay. We can set that to the side and go. Let's evaluate where we are, what we've done, and what we can do. I think sitting in the muck has stopped us from making the changes we need to make, being Mm -hmm. afraid of being called out, being afraid of saying that we've made a mistake. We all make mistakes. It's time to just move forward and do what we can with what we have to make this better for everybody. I love that. I love that.
1: And I think one thing also that you mentioned back before, I think it was before we were actually recording, is that the new generation coming into insurance is the most diverse generation we've seen. And they have benefited from so many challenges that previous generations have had to overcome, you know, and they are, and they love diversity. They want to embrace diversity. They want to, celebrate different people and um, rather than just you know, rather than because the, because there's they're benefiting from so much of the growing pains that our culture and our community have already gone through. So as we are in the insurance space, I would really love to be able to challenge whoever's listening to be able to make sure that we take that and we honor that because this generation coming in, we talk about the fact all the time that the insurance industry has become a much more aged, community in general right we see a lot of people retiring that's part of a whole acquisitions thing but we're also seeing some really great people coming into the insurance industry and in order to keep them and in order to help them to grow into a career in the insurance space we need to make sure that we bring our best for them and um I'm just I mean I'm just saying that for anybody out there who you know um, I love the fact that that we are, seeing so many people coming into the insurance industry and especially if we end up with um, which we always are a technological and cultural change in our, in our community, that's going to change culturally and technologically the people coming in because we're going to end up with a lot more people, maybe that have more technological skills or much more like different skills, right. Rather than, you know, maybe what we've seen in the past. So I'm excited to see where we're going in the next five to 10 years. And I really challenge everybody out there to really embrace the new people coming in and the younger generation because that's where we're going. And to be able to embrace that diversity and that uh, conversation and be a part of that conversation, so that that way we can we can help fuel the the next generation. Not only women, but women, oh. men, generational, cultural, you know, um, anything, you know, the whole the whole group, you know, uh, gender, transgender, you know, the whole conversation. I love the fact that um, hopefully we can help fuel the, the generation coming in as well to, to bring in that diversity, not just honor the diversity, but bring it into the industry as well.
0: You said something in there that I want to highlight, because and we can end with this, because I think it's it's incredible and it's important for us to know, because we've talked a lot about diversity, and I feel like for some people that makes them feel left out, because maybe mm. they don't feel like they have an intersection there, but- when we honor and respect and listen to as many voices as possible it helps all of us and there's an Mm -hmm. example that i read recently that i thought was spot on with this um we didn't always used to have sidewalks that had those cuts in them so that when you were walking through a crosswalk it was accessible there was there were curbs everywhere and at one point the the disabled community said we can't use a wheelchair. We can't do, how are you going to make this better for us? Once they cut into that curb, it made a ramp and it was great for that community. But what it did was make it better for everybody else. If mm. you were a delivery person, you now could use a ramp instead of needing to pull up that, that truck or that hand cart onto the curb. If you're traveling, you now have a space for your luggage to come up. If you're a, a parent and you're pushing your child in a stroller, you now have a ramp. So we have to stop looking at this as this won't help me. It's only helping somebody else. We have to start taking that mental shift and moving it to this is better for everybody. This is better for all of us. Yeah. And I think that's truly when we're going to make the change. we need. I love it. I love it. So we're we we're, were talking today
1: about phoenixrise.org. I think I totally screwed that up earlier and we even talked about the fact that oh, I may no, screw it coming. up. So <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't want to screw this up. And I wrote it down correct, but it came out of my mouth completely wrong, just to let you know. But um, everybody go to phoenixrise.org and also check out uh, check check out Lisa online. She's on LinkedIn, which is where we usually yep. connect in lots of different ways with ensure equality. And reach out because they have so many different tools and they have so many different ways for you to be able to be a part of the communication and a part of pushing this industry into the future and being a part of the fabulous positive movement that's going on right now. I want to just tell you, thank you so much for being on the podcast again. And um, we're going to do this on like a fairly regular basis because this is such an important yeah. conversation and it's 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 evolving, it's growing, right? And and I love that it's not just about women, it's about everybody.
0: Yeah. It's about all of us here now and going forward. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Teresa. It's been awesome.
1: Well, everybody, thank you so much for being here today. But everybody, check out another episode every single Wednesday of the Power Women in Insurance podcast, where we have another amazing guest doing awesome things in the insurance industry. And we invite you to join us on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you want to be able to stream your podcast, we are there. Everybody, have a great week, and I'll see you next Wednesday.
2: Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it.